Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on The Horn. Hour two of the Sports Complex here on the Horn on a Wednesday afternoon. Got some NBA stuff we're going to talk about coming up. A report, hot report of some nefarious actions happening in a San Antonio hotel that the Mavs were staying at. That was on Reddit that I was being texted about this morning. Uh, that I'll tell you that story. Uh, we'll get into some preview of our Eastern Conference preview as well. Uh, get you some talk about the Dallas Cowboys uh, also in the 6 o'clock hour. And of course, your text. 512-447-3776. We can keep talking about Texas and BYU as long as you keep texting in about whatever you want to talk about. I'll keep trying to talk about what you guys want to talk about because you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. So, uh, you know, we do try and keep it going for you guys. So if you guys keep having hot takes and different things you want to bring up and talk about it with Texas football, then we'll keep trying to talk about it. But if it's just me sitting in the room, we may move around to some other subjects. So we'll go with that. You keep the show going on the text line, 512-447-3776. I will tell you, though, if you bring me some odd takes like this guy right here, he's got a hot take, I'm going to tell you, I'd love to have your name on that. I'd love to have you sign it so we can put your name in the database there. It doesn't have to be a real name. It could be a nickname. Uh, we'll give you the nickname on there so we can say who you're doing so we know that you're, we're giving your hot take out on the air. I think you'll know it's you. This take on the text line, BYU by 7. Tevin is, Texas is overlooking this team. Ask Arkansas and Tech. Uh, I don't think they're overlooking this team because it's the same, you know, this, we talked about it last week, uh, you know, that this is a, you know, you're overlooking Houston to a certain extent. I don't know if you're going to overlook Houston, then overlook uh, BYU and then overlook TCU and overlook uh, K-State and over, just overlook everybody for the rest of the team. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think, you know, you start to get it back in. Now you're starting to go to Malik Murphy as well. So there is a lot more going into it. BYU is also Coach Sark's alma mater, so I don't think there's any point where he doesn't want to go show BYU that he has done proud and is the head coach of Texas and can go lay it on him. Those are his friends he's playing against. He's, he talks to these people. They're going to lay into him. If, if BYU beats him, he's not going to hear the end of it. So I think there is plenty for people to get up for this game for Texas. Uh, I, I, I Again, I think it could be closer than 17.5, which is what the spread I saw most recently was. I think it would be closer than that, but I don't know if it's going to be I don't, I don't have BYU winning the game, but you know what? Get the take. Put your nickname on it. Own it, man. I appreciate the text. Uh, let's go with Scarlett. I always like 50-50, hit them both ways, and don't let them get a read on how they're going to get hit next. Uh, I Look, Scarlett, I agree with that. I think there's parts of ways you do this, though, is running different formations where you can run plays out of it. Sark doesn't always do that. Sometimes he shows more what he's going to do ahead of time and tries to impose will by having bigger stacks in the box when he's going to run the ball or when he's going to run a screen, he runs bunches but doesn't run a lot of other plays out of it. He does this to you know to an extent. You'd like to see him kind of mix everything a little bit more. I agree with you and run some different things. But 50-50 is where you'd like to be. In reality, you'd like to be 60-40 
most of the time solely on the fact that you're running the ball a lot more because you're up in the fourth quarter, and so you're just going to run the ball more. So technically, you'd prefer to always have a run-heavy offense uh, in the final stat sheet because you're winning by so much, but you kind of want to start out first, second quarter, going even, 50-50. I think in this game plan, though, I'd prefer them to run the ball a little bit more because you can lean on Jonathan Brooks. Uh, he is a really good quarterback, and we have uh, running back, and we see C.J. Baxter have some good runs as well. Uh, 38 to 40% pass, six rushes for Murphy. So you'd like to see Murphy get some runs too. I don't think that's think that's around what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've heard stories about Chipper Jones. I can't say what kind of neighbor he is, but it wasn't a great one. Uh, sounded great, Pat. Love you, man. Uh, I've heard stories of uh, Chipper Jones. I've heard stories. Uh, Nate asked, do you remember the time the Rangers beat the Astros? I do. I do remember it. It feels like it was so recently, too, Nate. It feels like it wasn't that long ago that the Rangers beat the Astros. Rangers taking on the Diamondbacks in the World Series. Going to be a fun one. Uh, Rangers going to have to get – that was a – you know, Philly was a potent offense, and the Diamondbacks shut them down with that pitching. So Rangers going to have to come back out and uh, really put up some numbers. But it's going to be a fun World Series, and I'm rooting for the Rangers. I know it has pissed off every one of my Rangers fans that I – have moved past the Astros series quickly enough. And, you know, Dusty Baker, I believe, has announced his retirement or has believed he will announce his retirement, that he will be moving on. So the Astros will have a new leader in the clubhouse and new people for every Monday morning quarterback to come in and, uh, and tell that he is doing the worst job ever and the Astros should have gone undefeated and uh, won the World Series and run the playoffs in a sweep. But it was all Dusty Baker's managing. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I know that's an overstatement, guys. Uh, but yeah, I do remember Nate. I do. And congratulations again, Nate. Uh, if we're down the half, does the kid come in for Arch Manning? I believe is what you mean by the kid. No, uh, I don't think at halftime, I think I, I, things would have to go pretty bad, but I think he would either come in earlier. So he would come in where think like where if, if Malik just kind of cannot, if, if Malik has basically more interceptions and completions, then yes, I bet Arch Manning would make an appearance. But I don't see that happening. But that is kind of more of where you'd be concerned uh, about this team is if uh, you know the numbers are starting to look pretty bad for them. Uh, we get 60-30 uh, pass run because it should be a blowout. Uh, you want to see him run the ball more. I agree with that. And don't overlook those Mormons. Anyone has to wear this all day? Is it? Yes, I know. I know. Uh, and you said uh, the great quarterback receiver combo spent hundreds hundreds of hours working on timing outside of regular practice, usually on their own. But repetition uh, repetition breeds success and fosters that relationship where they can communicate without speaking with a look and small signal. Yeah, and it's just look the more precise routes. Like a Marvin Harrison is a perfect example with Peyton Manning. You know, you just get that timing down where you could probably blindfold both of them and they could complete, you know, 10 out of 100 passes, both completely blindfolded, which is pretty impressive because of how many times they did it. You, you don't need that for everything, but it does help. It does help some. Uh, I do want to get to, uh, I feel like I missed someone's text in here and I can't see it now, but uh, I do want to get to uh, some uh some NBA coverage, and we're going to get back to the text line, 512-447-3776. We'll get back to it in just a minute. Uh, I do want to give you a little bit of an Eastern Conference preview. We did the Western Conference yesterday. We'll give you the Eastern Conference today. Games are tipping off right now. Uh, getting you started in the NBA is the season as a whole. A bunch more teams are playing Spurs and Mavs tonight. I will tell you that story first. I will tell you this story that I got word that somebody on Reddit said they were in the San Antonio, a hotel in San Antonio the Mavs were staying at. And they found their scouting sheet and posted it on Reddit. I believe it's been taken down now, so there may be some validity to it. 
or maybe they got deleted because there was no validity to it. Uh, but they did have the scouting report. I got all the pages except for the starters. Uh, it wasn't that detailed, so it wasn't anything that amazing. But apparently, the the, the scouting report from the Mavs on the, the Spurs has been leaked. It's been leaked, so it's, the Spurs are advanced scouting. They know what the Mavs know. I, it didn't. It, there was nothing on there that I couldn't have told you about most of these players. So <laughs> it's it's a funny thing to have. And if the Mavs are actually run so poorly that they're actually just leaving out scouting sheets, they should you know shouldn't be left around, then that's not a great sign to start your season. But other than that, uh, not no no real harm in what happened there, if it is all true. Uh, Eastern Conference preview. Let's go through as we did yesterday. We're going to kind of run you down the 15 teams in the East. We'll try and go a little bit faster than we did yesterday because I know there's less Eastern Conference fans than Western Conference fans because we don't have the Texas teams in there. But we'll kind of give you a storyline from each team to watch for this season to get you ready, some things to kind of keep an eye on if you see the team on uh, during the season. Let's start off with the Milwaukee Bucks. We have their number one team until they prove that they're not. You added Damian Lillard. Uh, you have Damon Giannis now, which is two amazing offensive players that can do so much. If Giannis can stay healthy, his energy, his his injury last year was basically what got him knocked out of the playoffs. And then the question for them is, what can Chris Middleton do? Is Chris, Chris Middleton fits into this team uh, with Damon Giannis and they become a big three? They're going to be real hard to stop in the East. The Boston Celtics are my dumber two team. They added Kristaps Porzingis and Drew Holiday. They lose a Grant Williams. They lose a uh, Marcus Smart in the offseason. They lose a Robert Williams. I don't know how they're going to protect the rim at all. I think their defense is going to be much worse. I still have no faith in Joe Missoula. There's some people that love Joe Missoula as a coach. I am not in that group. Uh, but we'll see some people close to the team do have Joe Missoula as a good uh, coach. So, uh, I love the Drew Holiday edition. I don't like the Kristaps Porzingis edition. The question is going to be, can Jason Tatum make this his team, or does Jalen Brown continue to run this team uh, more than Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum has to become the more aggressive player, and not just when he's playing well, but all of the time. Number three team I've got in the East, the New York Knicks. This is year two of uh, Jalen Brunson in New York. They are a team that most likely will try and make some moves. Uh, throughout the season, they're not thrilled. They have been uh, basically linked in every single rumor. Uh, any player that, is, that has been talked about, the Knicks get put into that. They're not thrilled with Julius Randle. He has a season on, a season off. He plays really good in contract years, and it's not a contract year for him. Uh, so we'll see how that team progresses. R.J. Barrett has been in a lot of trade talks. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is a good is a upside, but another player that's a big man that gets hurt a lot. So if he's able to stay on the court will help them out, but the Knicks uh, the big storyline of the Knicks is can Brunson take that next step and become a real superstar, or are they going to be a team of a lot of good players, a lot of good players, and no straight-ahead superstar player next level. We don't even have to vote an all-star team. You're in it every year. Can he get to that level? Number four team, I have Philadelphia. I think their window may have hit. They may have closed. I am not a Daryl Morey fan. I can tell you that. I am not a Daryl Morey fan. James Harden. Uh, is now apparently come back and reported after his personal issues where he was in Houston and there were stories of where he was at, uh, but it wasn't uh, anything, you know, apparently too personal. Uh, but James Harden, and maybe it was, but he was also at strip clubs. But James Harden uh, seems to still want out. They is not joining them on their opening road trip for the beginning of the season. He will be at the. They want him to get in shape because what a surprise he gained weight over the offseason when he wasn't happy. He says he'll never play for this team. Daryl Morey hates to lose trade, so he's going to wait. The Clippers are the team that really wants him. Uh, I don't know how many other teams really want a guy that when he apparently reportedly went to the Rockets, they were going to offer him a contract to come back and finish his career. And instead of wanting to work with the young guys and progress, 
He wanted to go win the scoring title, so they said, you know, probably not in our plans. Uh, number five in our Eastern Conference preview, Miami Heat. Uh, big question here is can Tyler Hero step up to that next level? He thinks he can be one of the top scorers in the league. He was the guy that they were putting into uh, every group, every group listed as the premier piece, the premier trade piece. Can he take that next step? And can Pat Riley pull off a big surprise trade? He is notorious for getting great deals and great trades. Can he pull them off and fix and help fix his team? I don't know uh, if if they're going to be able to have Lowry play at a high level. And some of these other guys, they lost Gabe Vincent. Uh, they've lost some other key players on this team that are part of that playoff run. you still got Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, so they'll be a good team, but I don't know if they'll be great. Number six, the Cleveland Cavaliers in our Eastern Conference preview. Big story, Donovan Mitchell was eligible for an extension. He said, I am not signing it, maybe next year. We want to win. So you need to see Evan Mobley take his next step. He is number two in the odds for Defensive Player of the Year, but can he become not an offensive liability? He was an offensive liability last year. They basically stepped off him, made him do some, made him carry the ball, made him dribble, and it became a problem for Mobley. Can you get him to take that next step? Darius Garland, they're a young team, and is Bernie Bickerstaff the guy to get him there? They gave him the contract extension as a coach, but can he be the next guy to get him there? Let's go over. In our Eastern Conference preview here on the Sports Complex, we'll get back to your text in just a minute, 512-447-3776. Number seven on our list, Indiana Pacers. They had Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, uh, Benedict, uh, Benedict Matherin needs to step up. They got some guys, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, that are in constantly in trade talks. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton gets a huge contract this offseason. They're an okay team. They're right there in that lower level of a play-in team. That's where they're at, and I don't know if they advanced out of it. Bruce Brown's a good addition, but I don't know if he gets you over and in that top six that's not in the play-in. I think there's still a play-in team in Indiana. Can somebody on that team step up, or do they make a trade and bring in some more youth and try and take another shot in the draft? Does Benedict Matherin step up into that role? Does Tyrese Halberton take another step forward? Those are all the questions for the Indiana Pacers. Number eight, Toronto Raptors. This is a prove-it year for everyone in the Raptors. They have 12 possible free agents at the end of the year. They just hired a new coach, Darko Rakovic. They got they're they're basically they've tried to move some of these players. They decide not to because they're going to lose all these trades. So they end up bringing back basically their whole team minus Fred Van Vliet, who's gone. They draft Grady Dick out of Kansas, but they're just an average team. They needed to make a move. They didn't. We will see what ends up happening here for the Toronto Raptors at eight. Number nine in our Eastern Conference preview, the Atlanta Hawks. Can Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, can that backcourt work? Does that backcourt actually provide something that can go and get higher in the playoffs? Other than getting a few wins in the playoffs, like they continue to do and look good for a minute and then drop and drop off. Can that team, can those two players step up to being premier players or are they just below that? And they kept, they carry the ball too much and you can't get other guys. Quinn Snyder's there. I like Quinn Snyder as a coach. I really do. I think he's a really good coach. But I don't know if you can get the rest of that team to buy in if those are your superstars and they don't seem like top, top superstars, but you still want everybody else to basically toe the line and sit and be okay behind them. Get through these last few for you. Number 10, the Brooklyn Nets. They lost to the top shooters. Uh, Steph, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Patty Mills, and uh, uh, Watanabe all left. So all their best shooting left. And they added some more speeds with Dennis Smith Jr. and Lonnie Walker, the fourth, this is a very fast, very long team. 
You have Dennis Smith, or you have Ben Simmons, who's vowing he's going to return and prove everybody wrong. You've got that going on. But is it going to be possible for Ben Simmons to play at a high level ever again? I don't think so, but he he's saying it's going to happen. Are you going to be able to get... Are you going to be able to have these young players be able to have enough offense? They're going, they might be the best defensive team in the league. I don't know. They don't have a, a real solid rim protector, but they they have a ton. They have all the three and D teams, all the three and D guys. If you need a three and D guy, you're going to be calling up the Brooklyn Nets. Number eleven. Let's get to these bottom five. We'll get back to text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Talking Texas football. Talking NBA. Talking the NFL. Whatever you got. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Bottom three, Chicago Bulls, Lonzo Ball's out. Patrick Williams says he wants a $200 million-plus contract. Vucevic did get paid. You got DeRozan and Levine that are both aging now. DeRozan is in his, his final year of his contract. Don't have a lot of hope. I don't think there's a playoff team anymore, and I think they could implode and trade off some players by the end of the year. The Charlotte Hornets are on the other way. They're going up. Miles Bridges is back. You get Brandon Miller. P.J. Washington gets his, pay, his payday. LaMelo's there. And they're a team with a, you know, Miles Bridges, who was suspended, finally comes back. Brandon Miller, who had all his legal problems last year. And Kai Jones, our man from Texas, was apparently too crazy for them to be there. I hope the best for Kai Jones. Uh, he was always a class act when I met him. So I hope that he is able to figure out whatever is going on in his life, find happiness, whether it's with basketball or not. But I'd love to see him play again. He was a really great player. But the Charlotte Hornets are on the way up. But I don't know if they have all the pieces there. And they definitely don't have that superstar yet. Uh, and Lamelo isn't that offensively a great point guard. Is you know great, but you know you need to be able to score at a higher level. He's not able to do that. Number thirteen, Orlando Magic, a very young core. They added Anthony Black and Jet Howard in the draft. They need another superstar. Paolo Bancaro had a great rookie season. Does he take that next step? They could move up. This could be a play-in team if Franz Wagner and, and Paolo Bancaro step up, and then those position those rookies they draft are able to com- uh, contribute early on. Detroit Pistons, going to be bad. They need to stay healthy. Can uh, Casey, uh, can Cade Cunningham stay healthy? Is Asur Thompson the real guy? We don't know. We're going to see him and his brother, Amon Thompson, plays for the Rockets. Asur Thompson in Detroit, are they the real guys? Monty Williams is there, going to help them grow, but they're not there this season. And our final worst team, the Washington Wizards, Poole and Kuzma are going to put up stats. They're going to suck. The Wizards are going to be awful. There we go. Eastern Conference preview, some storylines there for you guys here on the Sports Complex. I want to get back to this uh, text line. Before we do, let's take one more break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more on the text line. Texas football, some NFL talk for you as well. Right here on the Sports Complex, 512-447-3776. That text line, keep it lighting up for you. I appreciate you guys. I rushed through that because I saw that you guys were still sending in texts, and I try to get to everyone before the show's out. So uh, we rushed through some NBA, but that's okay because we're going to get back to your text because you guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. Right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. (laughs) 
hello I wish I was a little bit taller I wish I was a baller I wish I had a girl who looked good I would call her Wish I had a rabbit and a hat Back on the Sports Complex Playing some basketball songs for you As the week goes on Because basketball is back NBA basketball is back We're getting closer and closer to uh, College basketball Did get the report that it's not great But we kind of knew it was coming uh, With the injuries at Texas That Shedrick is not going to be available Probably at the beginning of the season but he is getting closer to being ready, and Dylan DeSue still seems a, a while off of coming back for Texas. So it may not be uh, until conference play. It may take a little while for Dylan DeSue to, to get back to 100% health where they want him to be at. Uh, but hopefully Dylan DeSue will be there for conference play, and it will help Texas be able to go on and achieve what they would like to be able to achieve this season. Uh, Spurs playing tonight, the beginning of the Victor Wimbanyama era. And, of course, we're going to talk some we a little Dallas Cowboys sound uh, from this morning from Hook'em Up with Ian Rob B. But I also want to talk uh, with the text line. We're trying to get to everybody uh, before we get out of here. Uh, we do have uh, – I don't think people realize that Malik is not a running QB, which is true. He is a more stand-in-the-pocket passer. I think most college quarterbacks can run, though. I don't Malik Murphy can run. So that's the question is do you kind of design a few things to throw off this team? But I agree with you. He is not a going to – he's definitely not a dual-threat quarterback. Arch Manning is probably more the dual-threat quarterback than Malik Murphy, but you can run – I'm a firm believer that you can get a guy out, and especially someone of that size – and try and get them out to get them a little bit more confidence of getting a couple more first downs. That's what I would be more concerned about. Uh, we do have uh, Leech Leak. Uh, I do like that one. Uh, do we not? We do not still have the old nicknames. No, the new system. None of the nicknames transferred over. So no, we did not have any of that. Uh, but the Mike Leach Leak. Uh, yes, I don't think that was because I looked at it thinking that was it. Uh, if you didn't hear earlier that they someone found in a hotel. Uh, that the Mavs were staying in a scouting report for Texas, but it, it doesn't have anything for Dallas in it. It simply kind of has things like they call a couple people's elephant is like a keyword that uh, they're being able to attack. And just kind of, it's just a, a scouting report that you could have basically someone not with the Mavs organization could have written this scouting report. It just had some code, code words in there or some keywords to uh, help teach the players that maybe they yelled in practice or something like that. I don't know how much you yelled in the game, uh, but that is, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's a Mike Leach league. I, I would assume more that it is just somebody being incompetent for the Mavs. Uh, but it's probably a low level staffer who's going to get in a lot of trouble when they find out who it is. Uh, Chan says simple passes and screens, minimize the long bombs, please. Uh, and run heavy 75% with red books, Keelan and the Florida kid. I forgot his name. CJ Baxter, uh, Chan and, uh, and you say it's going to be three points. It's going to be another close game. Was Houston statistics comparable with BYU? No, uh, Houston has a much better offense. Uh, Donovan Smith's a better quarterback than Slovis is. So, it, look, in reality, Texas should be able to handle BYU. This is, again, another game of you should be able to handle. Does Some of their numbers look uh, a bit better because they've been able to create turnovers, and they've just been, again, I, I like the way Sark phrased it, ball conscious. Ball conscious where they know where the football is, and it's helped them get some more uh, interceptions and things like that. And so that's where I agree that you just you just don't want to create your own mistakes. And if you don't create your own mistakes, your own penalties, your own three and outs, and and your own turnovers, fumbling the ball or or interceptions, those things. If you don't create those, you should be able to handle BYU because your defense and, and defensively not letting big blown plays where you know where there's just a miscommunication. You can't have those as well. 
Is it too soon to bring Jalen Ford off the edge? Texas needs a pass rush bad. I would rather bring Anthony Hill off the edge than Jalen Ford. I know Jalen Ford's a better player. Like I get the the seniority in this, but I'd rather bring Anthony Hill. I think Anthony Hill has that uh that neck like he's just more built for that kind of uh pass rush than Jalen Ford is. So I'd leave Jalen Ford out because I think he can do some other things a little bit better than Anthony Hill, and I'd bring Anthony Hill. But yes, I agree. Bring Anthony Hill as much. I don't put him on the edge, but I bring him in blitz, and you kind of pull him up on that edge. Uh, but Anthony Hill would be the guy that I would do that with personally. Uh, but appreciate the text there, 512 Vic. Uh, let's go. Uh, uh, we say, uh, you're hating on my heat, so I'll just text in. Your boy Wimby definitely looking good, though. Thank you, Will. Uh, yeah, I'm not hating on your heat. I'm not. But who is the third guy, Will? Who's the third guy? It's Tyler Hero. That's the, that's the problem. Uh, do you want to see at least 60% run from Texas, prefer 70%. Get that play action going to unleash Malik's arm. I'm a big proponent for play action, especially for young quarterbacks. Uh, you know, And if you're running the ball 60% to 70% and you're able to pull out that play action, that may be the long bomb that you're waiting for to get a guy off to give Malik Murphy a little bit more time to get the receiver downfield. I don't think you need to give Malik Murphy time. I think you need to get the receiver downfield because Malik Murphy can put the ball 70 yards downfield, but I appreciate you texting in there, Will. Uh, female listener number one. Uh, says, I love this song. I hate the youngins have no idea about it. Uh, playing some Skilo, uh, put it there. And uh, Chief Engineer says, I agree, PD. What worries me is uh, is Murphy throwing at 100 miles per hour fastball off such t- soft touch screen, uh, take a beat to set up. Those kind of things. I'm just a little bit worried about it. But I, look, do I think that Sark knows this too? Of course. But Sark knows a lot of things that he does wrong. So that's, that's all I'm saying. Is it just a little bit of worry? If you talk about things, I'm not overly worried about Malik Murphy. I am overly worried about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not a Cowboys fan, so it helps to not be as worried, but I am a little bit worried. Uh, Rob Babers, Aaron Hogan, we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys this morning on Hook'em Up with Ian Rob B, 6 to 11 right here on the horn. Uh, and some good stuff there. I wanted to play it for you here on the show. It's uh, Hook'em Up talking about the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Cowboys back in action this week, and the big news for the Cowboys is really what the Eagles did uh, yesterday, trading for Kevin Byer, one of the best safeties in the league. That was definitely a weakness for the Eagles uh, in the secondary, and the Eagles don't wait. They don't waste time to address an issue. Uh, the Cowboys at times have been you know, way too patient in their <laughs> um, way too patient, their approach to address an issue. You know, the, we like our guys. It's one of those phrases, one of those uh, the sentences you hear a lot from the leadership of the Cowboys. We he like said our it guys. Again they do have good guys. They, I know they, they always say it around yeah. trade line. We like our guys. Those four words Cowboys fans hate to hear. So of course, yes, uh, Jerry Jones was on the fan. And he was asked about the Kevin, but I think he was asked about just moves in general with the trade deadline coming up. And, of course, I'm sure they referenced the Eagles. Here's the quote from Jerry Jones that I'm sure will upset and, and aggravate a lot of Cowboys fans like my man Ty here. Um, he, when he was asked about the trade deadline, Cowboys making other moves to upgrade the roster, he said, quote, it'll have to come our way. I don't want to preclude it in any way, but it always does. You have a lot of machinations that you're working with every day. I do. But the initiation of an opportunity to make a trade at this time that would help us principally has to start on the other end. That's not showing a lack of aggressiveness. It's just that's where it starts. I like where we are with our personnel today. So I'm not thinking in any way that we need to upgrade our roster. 
Are you uh, sure that doesn't show a lack of aggressiveness? He says, he goes, like, the definition the quote, of it. quote kind of is yeah, right, uh, right he w- there. He went on to say, quote, I would really extend to improve our team right now. Um, so that gives you an idea because I think we've got a team that is a contender. So I would do it right now. Would I do something that would take away from this team so that it can help us in the future? Probably not. I don't even know what the hell that means, actually. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Jerry just talking in circles. But um, – if the first quote, he's basically saying that he's not going to initiate. He's not going to be the aggressor uh, before the trade deadline. Some team needs to make uh, make him an offer, essentially. Make Jerry an offer he can't refuse. Um, You'll have to call us. We're not calling you. Yeah, I understand what he's saying because then they have more leverage in the deal. Because if you reach out to a team, then they know they automatically have more leverage in the deal. You want something from them. Um, but – yeah, Jerry needs – they need to be thinking about upgrading the roster because you just talked about in the last two weeks, the NFC has changed. The game has already changed in the NFC. We know the Niners, if healthy, are the best team in the NFC. But that's a big if with the 49ers because when the fit hits the shan and it's playoff time, they actually haven't been healthy. They actually do have a big injury to a quarterback or somebody else in the playoffs that's kept them from reaching their ultimate goal of winning a Super Bowl. And maybe that will happen. Again, I hope not because I'm a 49er fan, but maybe it'll happen again. And you also have now in the NFC, the Eagles got better. That's no question about it. In your division, you got to play them twice, and they got better with Kevin Byard. One of their issues that we talked about was their pass defense. It was uh, exposed to a certain extent early on in the uh, season. It's been a liability for them. Maybe it'll still be a liability, but they definitely will improve and upgrade uh, that pass coverage and their pass defense with Kevin Byard. And then you look at teams like Detroit, even though they just took a loss. Uh, Detroit's still a player in the NFC. Hell, he just got done talking about the Vikings (laughs) stepping up in the NFC, too. I just think the Cowboys do need to look at upgrading the roster. You should you should always think about upgrading the roster by any means necessary. And that's the beauty of what the Eagles do. The Eagles don't care whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, whether it's via trade. The Eagles will look at every possible option and avenue to in terms of talent acquisition to upgrade their roster. The Cowboys don't even like free agency, really. They've admitted that. They think they pay too much in free agency, which is they're true. You do pay too much in free agency, but they shy away from it. They've just started to embrace the trade market. We've seen that recently with Stephon Gilmore. That was a big trade, the Brandon Cooks trade. So they're starting to embrace the trade market a little bit more, but the Cowboys are fiscally conservative uh, with the way that they approach talent acquisition and they've done a really good job of it. That's why they love the draft. The draft is the cheapest means of talent acquisition. The best value you're going to get in talent acquisition is in a draft. So the Cowboys lean heavily on the draft. As a matter of fact, they lean more on the draft for talent acquisition than any team in the NFL. They have more homegrown talent than any team in the league pretty much. Um, And a lot of that is because that's how they find their value but they still, I love that they embrace the trade market. They should be like the Eagles. Embrace every possible means and opportunity to upgrade the roster. And here even Jerry's telling you he's not going to do that. He's not going to do it. He's going to still wait and see if there's an advantageous opportunity for them. I don't like that attitude. If I had that attitude of Jerry, I'd be, man, we're, if, I, if I was Mike McCarthy, I'd be upset. And my, his job is on the line. Mike McCarthy is the one who doesn't get past the division around. He's probably going to be gone. If I'm Mike McCarthy, I'd be like, hey, Jer, hey, man, go out and find me a running back. Hey, Jer, go out and get a corner. Go find me a corner. 
those would probably be the two positions, maybe running back corner and linebacker if I am the Cowboys that I would look to upgrade right now. Uh, agreed, agreed, and uh, I'm with you 100%. And uh, Jerry's the general manager. He's doesn't mean they won't make a trade. He's just putting it out there that uh, you're going to have to call us. It's, yeah. You know, that would mean they want somebody from you, right? And they're, they're trying to unload somebody to you. Uh, I would be on your side on this that you want to be aggressive and try to go get things that you're going to need and not just think for this week against the Rams, but obviously you got to be thinking for January. Yeah. Um, think about you know, the playoffs, That's man. when it matters most. And yeah. obviously as of October 31st, trades are done. Uh, your roster is your roster uh, outside of your practice squad and anybody that's out on the street at that point. So, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. And I think this is a, a year where, as we've talked about, tanking is going to be an issue, right? The ability to get mm-hmm. as high in the draft as you can because the quarterback class is so deep and so talented. You can completely re, you know, change your franchise. Um, there's, I think there will be guys available. I think there's going to be, if, you, if you're aggressive and you're trying to make calls, there might be a guy you're thinking is maybe not available. Maybe he is. Yeah. Maybe he is. Uh, and, you know, the, I, I go back to the offseason where we give the Cowboys credit for acquiring Stephon Gilmore, for acquiring – uh, Brandon Cooks, who's had very little impact so far, mm-hmm. um, had a touchdown last game. But, you know, just be looking to upgrade. I still think they need backup offensive linemen. I don't think they're they, – if you suffer injury on the O-line, I still think they're – It's not a bad they're, idea. They're, they're questionable. I, yep. I don't love their running back situation because Tony Pollard – I have Tony Pollard in two fantasy leagues, Rod, and that has nothing to do with anything. But I watch each week. He doesn't look that I explosive. Say, yeah, it does because you're paying attention to him. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. That doesn't look like the guy last year that was kind of a no. you know, Christian McCaffrey light who could do a little bit of everything. It doesn't look right to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, again, the, the, the division, is, is, you, get, you get two head-to-head matchups with uh, Philadelphia. That's there for you. The, the, the NFC's open. It's, uh, it's right there. So I would agree with you. I would like to see Jerry Jones be more aggressive. And let's be fair, that could just be on the radio posturing. It could be. And there's maybe Hope more happening behind the scenes. But at the same time, a lot of times Jerry's pretty honest with what he says to the fan radio up in Dallas. No doubt about it. Uh, okay, so last little thing here, but talking Cowboys. First of all, uh, they're playing the Rams, and the big story with the Rams all season long has been Puka, Puka Nakua. Uh, Cowboys Puka. have their hands full. You had him on your fantasy team. I so picked you him know, up. That's one of my good early pickups. <laughs> you know all about Puka. How about this little stat about Puka real quick? Just two players in NFL history. Have, as, have at least 700 receiving yards through their first seven career games. Jamar Chase is one. Puka Nakua is the other. Let that soak in. 700 receiving yards through their first seven career games. Only two players in NFL history have done that. One is Jamar Chase. Everybody knows Jamar Chase, next level player. And the other, Puka Nakua. Puka. So Cowboys got oh, to find a way And they've Puka. got Cooper Cup, too. He just came back, too. <laughs> Don't yeah. forget that. Yeah, and he was doing that. A lot of that damage was done when Cooper Cup was hurt. Uh, but even when Cooper Cup back, oh, man, they still love them some Puka. Uh, speaking of receivers, Cowboys offseason, uh, sorry, by week, had to be all about how to fix the passing game. Yeah, the running game needs to work, too. Uh, he just talked about Tony Pollard and his uh, lack of productivity this year. But, guys, I'll just get – we went over these stats actually right after the 49er game, right before the, uh, the bye week for the Cowboys. When Dak is targeting anybody except in the receiving core, receiving core, anybody except CeeDee Lamb, man, these stats are dreadful. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, when he's targeting CeeDee Lamb, 11 yards per attempt, 121 passer rating, 81% completion percentage. That is his guy that is wide receiver one. That is it. All right, CeeDee Lamb is killing it right now, doing a great job. When Dak targets Mike, uh, Michael Gallup, 54% completion percentage, 6.4 yards per attempt with a 60 passer rating. 
when he's targeting Brandon Cooks, 56% completion percentage, 4.7 yards per attempt with a 43 passer rating. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, that's those are your other two. I would tell you to double CD right and see if they can find some chemistry over there. Dare them to find chemistry with the other receivers. That's what the analytics would tell you. Yeah, I think you're right about that. <laughs> uh, Jake Ferguson actually showing up. I'm just talking about the receivers right now. Jake Ferguson in the passing game and Tony Pollard in the passing game. Both guys are great. Tony Pollard, 92 passer rating when he's targeted, uh, with an 86 percent completion percentage. Jake Ferguson, 72 percent completion percentage, 101 passer rating when he's targeted. Those guys look great. Hell, even Turpin and Tolbert when they're targeted. It actually are uh, high high pass ratings, 141.7 and 102.1. But we know wide receiver two and wide receiver three in his offense are Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, and they have uh, been a disappointment so far. And I don't know if it's all their fault. I think it's more the Texas Colts offense not really finding its identity, um, but they got to get this passing game in sync. If they do not, Cowboys are going to lose more games than, than they expected in the regular season. And that was supposed to – those weapons were supposed to upgrade. And uh, I think he misses Dalton Schultz a little bit. Yes, sir. Uh, you're watching C.J. Stroud develop a great relationship with Dalton Schultz down in Houston. So uh, we'll watch that closely. Rams, that's, as we said, one of the rare noon games. If you're a Cowboy fan, you're usually used to like 325 in the mm-hmm. afternoon or prime time is a noon right. kick. So – you know, make your church plans and your Sunday morning plans to be ready for the Cowboys at noon on Sunday. I always like to give you that red alert. Texans always play at noon, so we know that. Rod and I are always <laughs> be ready. You're always be ready. <laughs> really. so you have to ask when the Texans are playing. You know. Noon. Noon. <laughs> we know Texans always play at noon. Like Tex, Jerry needs to throw a third and gallop to Tennessee for Henry. I'll tell you, throw me and DeAndre Hopkins in that one, too. I know they want to get rid of him. You say, we'll take on both those salaries. We'll give you like a fourth. And, yeah, you can go with Gallup. I know, I know some people really love Gallup, but, you know. I think if you've got Hopkins in that deal, too, I think that you should be able to find a wide receiver. If you had Hopkins, Cooks, and and uh, and uh, CeeDee Lamb, you should be able to find somebody. we got to take a break. we come back, we'll wrap up the show here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Almost out of time. Uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us on the text line today. Uh, I need the distraction. Uh, my co-host... From Anson Sirius, from probably my friend, uh, just uh, had a very big health scare last night, so it's been a long day. Uh, but Anthony, I know you. I love you. Can't wait to watch a game with you again. I know you'll get better. Appreciate you guys. Be back tomorrow. More Sports Complex. Till then, be safe, be kind, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you next tomorrow right here on the Sports Complex.